This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Now, we learned in an earlier podcast that all language processes are connected. Reading, writing, speaking, listening, and thinking. Each language process enhances students' ability to use the others. Thus, therefore, henceforth, one way to help children to become more fluent in their reading is to help them become more fluent writers. So this podcast will describe the five-step writing process and just some strategies for generating ideas for writing topics. So the five-step writing process, step one, is pre-writing. The goal here is to simply generate ideas. Listing, brainstorming, outlining, silent thinking, turn to your neighbor, or power writing are all ways to generate ideas. Step one is pre-writing. Step two is drafting. Drafting is the writer's first attempt to capture ideas on paper. Quantity here is valued over quality. If done correctly, the draft, sometimes called a sloppy copy, is a rambling, disconnected accumulation of ideas. Now, most of the writing activities in classrooms involve just these first two steps, pre-write and draft. Only those drafts that students feel are interesting or of value should be taken to the next step. Donald Graves calls these hot topics. So you've got a file folder of all these drafts and students get to decide, I like this one, I'm going to take it to step three, which is revising. This is the heart of the writing process. Here, a piece is revised and reshaped many times. The draft stage is like throwing a large blob of clay on a potter's wheel. Revising is where you shape the blob, adding parts, taking parts away, adding more parts, and continually molding and changing. Here, you kind of step back and you look for the flow and the structure. You reread paragraphs and you move things around. Again, not every draft should be taken to step three, revising. Donald Graves recommends that students be given a choice as to which of these drafts they want to take to the revision step. Generally, students find only about one in five drafts are worthy of investing the mental and emotional energy necessary to revise and create a finished product. The rest of the drafts can be kept in a file folder as a junkyard for other writing ideas or included in a portfolio to document students' writing journey. Step four is editing. This is the stage where grammar, spelling, and punctuation errors are corrected. Now a word of caution. The quickest way to ruin a good writing project or to damage a writer is to insist that step four be step one, two, or three. If editors, if writers are editing or worrying about the mechanics at the pre-writing, drafting, and revision stages, the flow of ideas and the quality of writing suffers. Precious brain space that's devoted to generating and connecting ideas will instead be utilized to worrying about writing mechanics. One last thing about the editing phase. Real writers, of which I am one, edit the writing at the end. Real writers also 
rely on editors, spell check, and grammar check. So in teaching your students to become authors and composers of real writing, teach them to approximate the writing process used by real writers. That is, set up peer editing groups and teach students how to use the grammar and spelling functions on a word processor. Now, the last step is step five, publishing and sharing. This is where students' writing is shared with an audience. Writing becomes real and alive at this point. Publishing can involve putting together class books, collections of writing, school or class newspapers, school or class magazines, displaying short samples of writing in the hall or out in the community and online in some form. Writing experiences become even more powerful by having students read their work out loud in small groups or to another classmate or in large group settings. Now, some strategies for generating writing ideas, for getting writing ideas to the greatest extent possible. You should provide opportunities for students to select their writing topics, topics that they care about, topics that invite them to say what it is they want to say. This creates greater motivation to write, which in turn will improve students' writing and communicating skills and result in a more interesting and engaged classroom. However, if students aren't used to selecting the writing topics, they may need a little help. So four strategies for getting writing ideas are described here. Now, the first one is teacher writing prompts. Sometimes it is appropriate for the teacher to provide a writing prompt or an unfinished sentence. Now, the trick in designing a good teacher-directed writing prompt is to make them specific, universal, and open-ended. Now, here's an example of a poor writing prompt. It would be, describe a favorite family vacation. This is a poor writing prompt because you can't assume that every student has a family, feels comfortable with his or her family, has had a family vacation, wants to go on a vacation, or enjoys family vacation. With this writing prompt, you're telling students you must have a family and you must enjoy them and you must have enjoyed a vacation someplace. If not, you're abnormal. So you've got to think about these things. So instead, a good writing prompt would be something like, describe something you enjoy doing. Every student, regardless of circumstance, could respond to this prompt. Every student could succeed at this with this writing prompt, regardless of ability. Now, the second idea for getting for generating ideas is a brainwalk. Now, this is a technique you should demonstrate to students in a large group a few times. Here, you simply take your brain out for a walk. First, write a word on the top of the page or on thinking paper, or if you're demonstrating this on your screen or on the board or a poster somehow. Then identify the first thought or idea that pops into your head. Use a, short, a word or short phrase to capture it. Don't write complete sentences. Instead, use a word or the fewest words possible to hold an idea. Now, here are the steps for a brainwalk. First, write a word on top of the paper. Second, identify the first thought or image. 
Third, use a word or phrase to capture it. Fourth, move to the next thought or image that pops into your mind. And fifth, repeat until the page is full of ideas. Now, if done correctly, the brainwalk shouldn't make sense to anybody except the writer. A good brainwalk will usually provide three or four good ideas to use for stories. Students should record these story ideas in the writing journal or writing portfolio. They can then refer back to this topic list when they're looking for writing topics. Now, here's an example of my brainwalk, and I just wrote the first thing that popped into my mind. Balloon, circus, circus in Grantsburg, fairgrounds, fairs, burning down the animal barn, carnival games, playing games in junior high, squeaky voices, mice, Stuart Little, fifth grade, football, recess, Sam working hard. You get the idea. I'm just free associating. And in this list of gravel, I found three or four good nuggets, things to write about. That's called the brainwalk. The third one is a list of ideas. Here, students designate a page in a writing journal or a portfolio where they keep lists of things. These things have the potential to produce stories. Students should be encouraged to add to their list as they think of new things or new writing ideas. Now, I sometimes use categories to help students think of things. For example, design, uh, uh, for example, it could be a list of things that sound interesting, a list of things they notice, a list of important events, lists of things that make you happy, sad, angry, or bored, anything to get them listing ideas. And the fourth one is noticing tours. Noticing tours can be done two ways. First, actually go outside and notice things. Look for sights, sounds, smells, textures, and feelings. Have students take their writing logs with them. Direct them to notice things for each sense. What do you hear? Write it down. What it, does it remind you of? What do you see? What's interesting about it? What does it make you think about? The second way to do a noticing tour is through imagery. Start with something simple like, think back to your trip to school today. What did you notice? Then just like above, take students through each of the senses. Senses, take them through each of the senses. Or you could ask students to think of a favorite place or an interesting place they visited or a place they'd like to be. And again, take them through each of the senses. What do you hear? What does it remind you of? What do you see? What is interesting about it? What, does you f what do you feel? Textures and emotions. Write these down. Okay, this has been the Reading Instruction Show. We've described the five-step writing process and some ideas for generating ideas for writing.